0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, I'm talking with a man who has not let a pandemic stand in the way of a great business idea. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is episode 129 of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue podcast, and before we get into it, I've just got a few quick announcements that I need to run by you. The first is that I'd like to welcome our very first podcast partner, Jagged Wood-Fired Smoker Ovens. If you're looking for unique or custom-built barbecue smokers or grills, make sure you check them out, jaggedwoodfired.com.au. We're going to hear a bit more from them a bit later on in the episode, but huge thanks to them, and do make sure you jump on and check them out. The next announcement is that the free mini e-book is available up for you on the Smoking Hot Confessions website. It's the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. So if you're just at the start of your barbecue journey and you want to learn a bit more about it, head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com, have a bit of a scroll around, pop your details into the pop-up window, and we'll send it straight out to your email inbox. And thirdly, we'd love to invite you to come join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community on Facebook. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people where all the BS is left at the door and we just hang out and talk about barbecue, this is the place for you to be. Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community on Facebook. Now, this episode, today I'm talking with David Linton, the team captain of Lick of Smoke competitive barbecue team. Now, I last spoke with him in episode 78, which was recorded live at Fat Drip, which is actually just about a year ago, I think probably almost this weekend. In that little uh, mini interview we did, we talked about how Lick of Smoke had absolutely blazed a trail through the barbecue scene in 2019. They'd managed to get up to eighth place in less than a year of competing. And then, of course, 2020 happened. And uh, really threw a spanner in the works, but this hasn't stopped David. And so today we're going to get into what he's been doing through the COVID lockdown because where he is, they've got some uh, some super strict restrictions, and we're going to find out a bit more about that later on. So without further ado, let's get David in here.
1: This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host Ben Arnott. How long's it been since your last confession?
0: Alrighty, so welcome to The Confessional, David. It's great to see you again, mate. You are looking sharp with a very nice new haircut.
1: Uh, thanks, Ben. It's uh, good to be back. I know I'd much prefer to be back at uh, Fat Trip having a chat to you, but, um, you know, it's uh, been a, a, long, uh, a long 2020 in Melbourne, I must say. So it was nice to get out for a haircut, uh, I think, for the first time about 140 days earlier this week. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, wow. So just for the listeners who, who aren't in Melbourne, tell us a bit about sort of the uh, – the restrictions that have been put in place. I mean, you, you've just told us it's your first haircut in 140 days. What else have you had to uh, to endure? Yes,
1: yeah, so up until recently, we we were uh, in. A, I guess you call it a hard lockdown. It was a five-kilometer. Um, radius from your home you could only go out if you're going to the supermarket or the chemist or uh, the bottle shop the good australian way make sure you got plenty to drink um and that was basically it and you couldn't visit friends uh, two hours of exercise outside a day and that was life uh, as, as we knew it for 100 days and then last week it got eased to 25 kilometers so you can now drive around in 100k radius still can't visit friends still can't go to anyone house um and we're supposed to get let out today, but there's been a, a little minor outbreak somewhere. So he's delayed his decisions again further. So, um, yeah, it's uh, pretty much status quo. Um, for it's a little bit like Groundhog Day over and over again. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, when you say he, you are referring to the Premier of the state, which for the US listeners and viewers would be our equivalent of a governor. So he, I, I take it his team didn't win the grand final last night then?
1: No, we call him Conrad Dan. We don't know who he begs for. I don't think we care too much these days, to be honest, Ben. So. No, he's
0: not uh, he, He's not exactly well-loved at the moment, is he?
1: No, no. he blamed everyone for uh, everyone but himself. And then uh, we had a, uh, a government that uh, got amnesia at the Royal Inquiry and they all couldn't, couldn't remember. So, yeah, it was oh, very... very handy. Yes, yes, very much so.
0: <laughs> all righty. So, uh, look, tell me what was the last thing that you barbecued?
1: Uh, I've actually got an oyster blade lamb shoulder on right now. Um, it's just about finished and it'll, it'll come off at about four 35 o'clock, uh, this afternoon. So, um, yeah, lamb's a favorite at the moment, you know, we've just released a lamb rub, uh, recently. So we've done a fair bit of testing and, um, lamb's always been a bit of a favorite for barbecue from our side of things. So.
0: Yeah. So why is that? Is that just because you're, because you're product testing or is it, or has lamb always been a favorite for you?
1: Just over brisket. Um, and don't want to, and don't want to scrape chicken skins at home. So hot take,
0: uh, hot take over brisket.
1: Oh, you cook so much. of it, you kind of just, it's it just, it's lost. It's, uh, you lost all. I like cooking it. I like cooking it for other people. Um, just doesn't really do anything for me when I eat it these days. So
0: fair enough. Yeah. It, it can be quite rich and you do need to have a bit of a uh, variety in your diet is what all the, uh, nutritionists that is, say.
1: That is true. <laughs>
0: So what is your, your favorite barbecue to use?
1: Um, I bought a Traeger just before lockdown, which was a bit of a, bit of a godsend. Um, so that, that gets a fair bit of a workout every, every week or two. Um, but you know, smoking Jack's my favorite. It's my, my first pit that I bought for comp, uh, not my first pit, but, um, it's a, it's, it's rock solid. It doesn't, doesn't miss a beat. so
0: yeah I was really um sad when that guy had to stop building them because they, they were one of my favorite smokers out there they were they were unique looking they were they had a great reputation for at one being solid, two being reliable and three being great competition cookers and it's yeah I, I, I was really sad when he had to um, when he had to, uh, to, to, to up stumps and pack it up.
1: Yeah, I think he's back on the tools in the uh, in the industrial side of things now. So it's um, it was a bit of a shame. So uh, we take good care of it. It gets uh, it's wrapped up outside, uh, and it will probably uh, get unwrapped soon and get ready for spring and summer. And we'll see what happens next year with uh, 2020 comps. God knows what's going to happen. So
0: yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's hope 2021 opens up.
1: Yeah, let's, let's hope. I mean, it'd, be, it'd just be nice to get borders open and, you know, um, I'm still waiting for my Victorian passport to arrive. Like I'm sure you're waiting for your Queensland passport to arrive because um, it seems we're not all Australians at the moment. So, No, yeah. Yeah.
0: no, the, um the, the, the different state approaches and rules have been a bit controversial.
1: Yes, um, yes.
0: But we've, we've been actually quite, quite lucky up here and in Queensland. I mean, life has kind of continued almost as, as normal, except for the school closures. Oh, and that's good. Uh, Yeah. The, the kids have been back at school for three months now and they've, they've stayed there, which has been fantastic. But aside from that first sort of period, um, yeah, we've, we basically had almost had life as normal, except for competitions and, you know, festivals and big crowds and things.
1: Oh, that's great. I know uh, my son went back to school two weeks ago and he couldn't have been happier. So, um, he was just sick of the, the, you know, working from home and being stuck at home and not seeing his friends and not playing sports. So he's, um, he's glad to be back at school now.
0: Have they been home for six months?
1: Uh, pretty close to it. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't um, realize that
0: the kids hadn't gone back to school down in Melbourne.
1: Oh, they went back for a period and then it spiked again. So then they pulled them back out again. So it's um, it's been a rough year for them. I think they got their, they got through term one and then terms two, three, and part of four all at home, essentially, apart from a small period.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, we yeah. had term, term two at home, but that was it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of parents in Melbourne happy to have their kids back at school and uh, not having to do homeschooling, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, how has that affected work for
1: you? Um it's not too bad. My son's fairly clever when it comes to comes to schoolwork, and uh, I split time with my ex my ex wife, and and uh, we have joint custody. So, but uh, he's pretty self sufficient, and the, the workload wasn't too bad. So he'd sort of get up at nine thirty, and then be finished school by lunchtime, and then uh, have the rest of the day off. So, um, not not too bad. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty cruisy. Lots of Xbox time getting in there.
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. TikTok and Xbox. What are you What are you going to do in Fortnite? So yeah, yeah.
0: But what about you? How like How has your work been?
1: Uh, work's been busy. Um, so you know, I think my first work from home day was the twenty third of March. Uh, Touchwood's still going. Um, Excellent. And obviously working in uh, cybersecurity space, it's uh, been pretty, uh, pretty busy uh, from that perspective. So work's been good, but obviously when you don't have to commute an hour and a half each way to get into the, get into the C- CBD and back out again, it gives you a bit more time to, to pursue a few other bits and pieces. So, yeah, now it's been good.
0: Yeah, so do you think that, you, that you'll go back to working in the office or now that you've shown that you can work from home, it'll just continue?
1: Um, I think they want people back in the office. I mean, our problem is at the office that I work at at the moment, they're on levels 33 to 40. Um, so getting people up the lifts and you can only have three people in a lift. It's a bit of a challenge. Oh wow! Um, So (laughs) there's there's a few logistical uh, issues. I think we worked it out to about nine hours to get everyone up the lift. (laughs) If you went up in in three. So, um, yeah, they, we, we need to work through that and understand what happened. So I think we've been informed or not officially, but we'll be at Work from home for the rest of the year, um, and then we'll see what twenty twenty one brings from that side.
0: Yeah, at this stage, I am still on three days work at home, two days in the office, so I am pretty happy with that.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I, I think that's what will happen. I think a lot of companies will just spread the load, and I think they'll spread the work times as well, just to be cautious. So yeah, yeah. yeah. How are you finding it?
0: Yeah, really good, really good. Well, yeah. I mean, I've I've already got all the studio gear set up, so I um I, I teach remotely uh, for those three days a week. So we actually use Zoom. And, um, and I, and I run classes through that and it's, it's, it's so
1: good. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah.
0: I I get like an extra hour in bed in the morning and I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm finished like an extra hour early in the evening and so good. So good. But yeah. um, just just looping back to barbecue now, you were just mentioning that that you work in cybersecurity. Um, I understand that you spent several years living and working in Japan, and with all the the focus on umami and all that sort of stuff in japan i'm just wondering how has that influenced your your barbecue
1: um yeah no I've uh so our, our brisket finishing sauce that we make up is uh, got a few little um things we picked up out of Japan in regards to what uh what vegetables and other things really uh, provide umami flavors so that's uh, that, that's been one thing um I did find actually a barbecue place in Japan in Tokyo which was uh, a little bit off the beaten path and the guys were smoking um in a in a little little restaurant that had sort of craft IPAs on tap which was a, a good little place to hang out so there's their barbecue wasn't great, but when you've uh, been eating sushi and sashimi for, uh, you know, months on months and you can go and get a rack of ribs and some, and some pork, it's not a bad little place to hang out. So, um, you know, Japanese food is uh, very complex and very amazing, but yet very clean flavors. So um, yeah, it's um, you you can drive a lot of inspiration from, from how they do things and, you know, the the cleanliness of, of how they do it as well.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've seen some of your, uh, like, uh, noodle bowls and things that you like to make up with bits of brisket and things like that. They look sensational.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, uh, big, big ramen fan. So I know when we're uh, in Japan, we try and hit up new ramen places that, um, were, were quite, uh, famous and infamous and a few other bits and pieces. So I think we, um, my last trip there, we went to a place, I don't know if you heard it, uh, uh Ivan Orkin, who's, uh, or oh, Ivan ramen. He's, uh, he's got a show on Netflix. Or he's on a chef's table on netflix um oh, okay. he, he's um his venture into ramen. so he was a Canadian guy who ended up going to Japan to live married a Japanese girl moved back to the states then went back to Japan and became one of the top ramen chefs in japan wow. um, and he's now back in um back in the states so we we used to go to his um his ramen shop, which was just like it wasn't in the uh, the Gaijin district, as they called it, it was like was out out in the suburbs, which was really good. And I've just ordered two of his cookbooks because um, he's got a couple of books out. So I'm just going to have a read of them and start playing around with some, um, with some ramen and, you know, also follow a guy on Facebook called Alex, the French food guy. Um, and he's got a few instant, how to make instant ramen. So he actually makes up like an intense consommé uh, and then freezes it at ice block cubes and then uses it as instant ramen. Oh, interesting! Adding it in to hot water. So yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty interesting. French guy who's like right into it. So yeah, yeah, it's um, it's fun. So
0: uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Now at the top of the episode, we we're talking about your experiences in in competition barbecue, and we mentioned that the last time we actually sort of uh, chatted on the record was at um at Fat Trip uh, pretty much a year ago, I think. Now,
1: yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. And
0: and how you guys had in less than a year, you'd risen all the way up to eighth place on the national leaderboard. How did twenty nineteen wind up for you?
1: Yeah, we finished tenth overall. Um, so we uh, we didn't do too well. At, well, we did pretty well at SCA at Fat Trip, and then the main cook didn't go didn't go to plan. But you know that always happens, and everyone's always got a story. Uh, <laughs> and then I think we uh, we ended up doing Invitational in Sydney's. Never been a happy stomping ground, but uh, we took out first place dessert in SCA at the uh, at the invitation, which was pretty good. Um, and then we uh, we bombed our main cook pretty pretty hard. So uh, we finished tenth overall. We got two comps in in twenty twenty. Um, so I think we finished seventh at Hazy Days, and then we RG it up in smoke before uh, over in Adelaide before lockdown uh, and coronavirus kicked in.
0: Right. Okay. So just looping back to, um, to Fat Trip, you mentioned that everyone's got a story. Are you able to share the story of of what went down at Fat Trip?
1: Uh, you know, when things are going well, you go, you shouldn't really tweak them because they're working well and you go, I'm going to tweak and then you just tweak too much. And, uh, yeah, we tried to, uh, use open pork. We tried to do mini baby back ribs in the box and we were opening and closing the pit too much. And then that screwed up the brisket cook and, um, we had issues with our Yoda that we were running at the time, which has been a, was a bit of a problem trial, but it's all pretty much dialed in now. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is, unfortunately. So, um, and we had issues with our lamb there as well, which the lamb was a bit of a nemesis. So we kind of worked pretty hard on that over, over the Christmas period. And then uh, we took our first place lamb and up in smoke. So that was a fairly, uh, fairly, fairly rewarding from that point of view because we put a lot of work into, uh, getting the flavors right for lamb and, you know, didn't do too well at hazy days. And that was due to a new technique that didn't work. And then we tweaked that and took that first place at up in smoke. So yeah. Oh, so good. All being fun. So, Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So those are, your, those are the two comps that you got in at the start of the year. Were they ABA comps?
1: Yeah. ABA. There's not a lot of KCBS in, um, in Melbourne at this point in time, which is uh, fairly disappointing, but, um, obviously the 30 minute hand in windows are a lot more, uh, a lot more, not a lot more challenges, it just makes the day go quicker because, you know, one hour between hand-ins, uh, feels a little bit uh, elongated. So,
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've just said that the Premier has extended the lockdown as of today. Um, so I take it then that there's no rumours or stories about any, anybody trying to squeeze a third comp in in Melbourne so you guys can be eligible for the leaderboard if they're even going to do it this year?
1: No, I don't know what they're doing. I, uh, that would be highly unlikely. I think, you know, hopefully this little outbreak that's happened will uh, get quashed pretty quick and he'll ease restrictions and open back. I mean, we've still got retail closed. We, we can't go to restaurants. We can't go shopping. Like, everything's essentially shut uh, apart from essential services and hairdressers. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not a great way to live, to be honest.
0: Mm. Now, you, you mentioned the, the five-kilometre uh, five lockdown and the fact that you – we're only allowed to go out to go shopping now that was shopping within the five kilometers, right? Correct. Yeah. So what about people who didn't have like a Coles or a Woolies or a Aldi or something within five kilometers of the house?
1: Not sure. You'd either have to get a, a permit, like an exemption permit, I guess, or just, you'd have to contact them and say, I don't have something within five Ks or, or sh- moved online. I'm not too sure. I've, I've got a Woolies that's sort of two and a half Ks away. And, um, yeah, that's where I went. And then I just sort of went to online and said, you know what, well, if I can't go out, I might as well not. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how is, I guess, 2021 still up in the air then, too? I mean, I guess no one's sort of laying down plans for comps for 2021.
1: No, I don't, I, you, you know, you kind of hope so. You, you know, every time you, every time you wake up, you kind of hope there's a vaccine somewhere in the world that's not out of Russia. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh, come know.
0: on now. I'm sure the Russians just have everyone's best interests at heart.
1: Oh, we haven't heard from them yet, so who knows if they're still around? But uh, yeah, no, I mean, comms coming back for 2021. would be great, but I think they'll be, um, they'll, they'll be very much a different look around how they run. Um, you know, with the crowds that you know Jay wants at meat stocks, I don't, I don't know how that will, uh, that would eventuate in Melbourne because we're, we're not sure. I mean, it could all get eased, and you know, we could have quashed it, but then you know, it's what happens when they open up international borders. Who knows what's going to happen? So um you know it'd just be nice to have borders open and be allowed allowed to travel go and see friends go and see family but um we'll uh we'll wait and see as i as i used to call us the dirty state in victoria because that's how we're being treated so
0: oh yeah yeah for sure now um i just want to loop back to something that you said earlier you said that you bought a traeger and that um and and that was a blessing just at the start of lockdown was it ironic that you bought a Traeger that you can control from a phone from far away when you're actually locked into your house and you can't go with more than,
1: more than 10
0: steps outside your door? Uh,
1: yeah, pretty much. I mean, I still use it on the phone. So, you know, if I uh, if I was going to cook something, I'd throw it on in the morning and then I'd have, you know, back-to-back calls and I can monitor the, the temperature of the meat and the, the temperature of the pit and you can adjust it sitting there without having to leave. Um, so from that perspective, it was, you know, it was a, blessing you know we've got some great sponsors that look after the team so you know firebrand natural smoke and and uh, the lads at um, kcb and they've been great but obviously you know you don't really want to be hitting up sponsors and say hey can you send me down some charcoal and stuff when we've got no competitions right so uh but you know bobby did send us you know a few bags of his new competition blend uh, pellets so they've been great so we're uh, we're burning some of those as we speak so
0: If you're looking for your next barbecue smoker or grill, Jagged Woodfired has got what you need. Owners Julianne and Glenn are multiple award winning barbecue competitors who have even travelled to the US to compete at the World Barbecue Championships in Houston, Texas. Based out of Perth and shipping nationwide, Jagged is one of the largest pit builders in the country and has an ever growing lineup of meat cooking machinery. Not only do they have their now famous smoker ovens, their incredibly efficient gravity fed cabinets are proving extremely popular in commercial settings and they also make some of the most stylish asado grills you're ever going to see. Jagged is also well known for amazingly detailed custom work ranging from backyard designs all the way to installations and in commercial kitchens. Proudly Australian designed, owned and manufactured, you can find out more at jaggedwoodfire.com.au spelled J-A-G-R-D. Once again, head to jaggedwoodfire.com.au spelled J-A-G-R-D
1: to learn more. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation.
0: All righty, so that brings us now to the second segment and I'm really excited to get into this new project that you've been working on during this lockdown when you've been stuck in your house. So tell us all about um, Smoke Chamber Barbecue.
1: Yeah, so um, I kind of have started playing around with sort of an SPG rub at home, just sort of an all-purpose use on steak and um, sent a sample out to a couple of people, got a little bit of feedback. And then uh, Michael from um, the smoking crew reached out and said, do you want to make some rubs together? And obviously, you know, I don't know how many teams you know Michael and I are good friends, and we we compete pretty hard against each other. we' always try and one up one up each other and um, I don't know how many other people produce rubs out there with the uh, you know the the enemy of the of the other team, but you know we got together and knocked out a a beef rub and we thought it was great, and then we cooked with it and it turned out fairly bland to be honest with you and then we uh, we t- tweaked it a little bit more and sent out some samples and then got some good feedback from from other teams out there and then we we got the final product out there was probably two about two months in the making to get, to get it out there. And, you know, trying to get spices and deliveries done in uh, in COVID with those posts and uh, couriers was uh, a challenge to say the least. So, um, you know, we, we set on a, fi- a final product, we got the artwork done and a whole bunch of other stuff that we had to do, you know, buy a barcode, register it, a whole bunch of other stuff and, and got that done. And we, um, we said, oh, you know, we're, we're batching at home because I've got, you know, my one and two food handling certificate and, uh, and all of that in place. So uh, Michael came down and this was before sort of the hard lockdown took, took place and we, uh, we batched up uh, 100 shakers, which we thought we'd last for a while. Our first order came in from our first person that stocked it and they ordered 80. Oh,
0: wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's great. Uh which which was great. And then um so we so we supplied him and then we thought, oh, we better order some more. So we had to wait for more stock to come in and we um we got that in and now we've been out in the market for I think about two and a half months uh now with that one. Uh so which is called Beef Shakedown, which has had some, you know, some really good, really good feedback. You know, a lot of people seem to like it, which is uh, obviously nice to hear when you when you launch something out there. Sort of our philosophy was you know, we want to we want to release a rub that we think is good enough for comp, but also nice on the palate that you can use at home for family as well. Um, and, and we think we've achieved that with, with the beef rub, and we think we've achieved that with the lamb. So lamb just got released as well, and that's called uh, lamb lockdown um, in, in honor of our of our COVID thing. But all our names are kind of like you know, shakedown, lockdown. It's all kind of got that not criminal kind of thing, but sort of law enforcement. Uh, touch to it so um yeah it's quite interesting my spare room is just full of uh different spices and stuff that we've got out there and it's uh it's been fun so you know you you, I think the hardest thing developing a beef rub is it can taste great on steak and then you do a slow cook with it it tastes totally different um so to be able to get that balance between the two and we think we've got it pretty right we're pretty happy with it we're in 14 retailers across the country now. And wow, haven't really, nice work. Yeah, so haven't really, uh, haven't really pushed the pushed product too hard. We've sort of had people come to us, which has been nice, and we've reached out to a couple of people that we wanted to stock it, and, you know, everyone's stocked it pretty much so far. So, um, no, it's been good. It's been good. It's, uh, it's interesting, though. It's... Uh, it's a fun process to do, but when you're in lockdown and you need to get permits to be able to go and see someone and permits to go and pick stuff up. But, you know, Michael lives in Ballarat. I'm in uh, Briar Hill. So it's about an hour and a half between us. Uh, it's not too, not too easy. I mean, the good thing was just before lockdown started uh, liquor smoke launched a catering business and, and was registered, um, which was, you know, good good and bad. So we had like a number of bookings that got which wasn't great, but it also gave us the ability to get a permit to be able to get people, hang out with people and, and get stuff done. So, ah. um, yeah, cause if you're operating a business, you can get a, as long as you've got a permit to do that business. So, you know, Michael could come down and we could make up the, make up the rubs. So we, uh, we hand batch at the moment. So we do everything by hand and we uh, bottle by hand. We are way by hand. We label, we put, you know, foam lids on and all that fun stuff. So, No, it's been, um, it's been good. It's been good.
0: I didn't realize that that had been a collaborative project um, with, with smoking crew. So uh, usually when, when, uh, when competitive teams get into making rubs and things, they, they do it all themselves. So they've got all sort of like all the control of it. Um, What were some of the benefits and some of the challenges that you found by, by doing this collaboratively?
1: I think the biggest benefit is, you know, Michael is a hell of a cook. He's a hell of a pit master. He's got a really good pellet. Um, and he, and he's very honest. And, you know, um, you know, we took out first place brisket at meat stock in, God, when was that? 20, 2019, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michael. does it feel
0: like forever ago?
1: Oh, it's just, (laughs) you're trying to, well, what was before 20 to, you know, what was BC before Corona? Um, and you know, Michael's taken out a number of brisket trophies as well. So, you know, when he said, let's make it beef rub, you kind of think about it and go, yeah, I could try and do it by myself or I could try and do someone who's got a really good palette. And, you know, Michael had good ideas. I sort of had a base base recipe for an SPG that we built off. And, um, yeah, we, we just did a lot of research and looked at a lot of different companies online in regards to, you know, spice manufacturers and, and where to get them from. And, you know, who's got wholesale, who doesn't have wholesale. Cause you kind of look at some of the retail price and go, wow, that's going to cost a, f- a fortune to make. But then obviously when you contact them as a business, you've got the wholesale side of it, which makes it much more, uh, much more economical, but we're kind of getting to a tipping point where we've sort of got two rubs out there and, you know, we made up 150 of the lamb and they're all sold out. I think we've got five left wow. in the, in the, in the back room. And It's at a point now where we say, if we, if we bring out another rub, which we've got another rub in actually got two new, two rubs on the go at the moment in development. Um, And then we kind of look at that and say, if we're going to do that, it's going to take us like three or four days to make up enough to get out to people without trying to push it. And it's funny. You get get to that point where you go, can I find a co-packer? Or do I just sort of scale it back? Because the reason Michael and I got it was, you know, let's have a bit of fun. It's going to allow us to catch up. And you know we get to cook food and hang out and have, have a drink and, and see what happens. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So yeah,
0: so it, it sounds like um like this lockdown has been both advantageous for you and and it's thrown some uh, some problems your way as well. So what have been some of the hindrances that that lockdown has has put into the de- the development of these rubs?
1: Uh, just the ability to get stuff. So like majority, so probably 70 or 80% of our spices come down from Sydney. Um, and if you, if you track on AusPost, they go like Sydney, Brisbane, back to Melbourne, back to Sydney. It's just, just horrendous. So then you ring the company and say, oh, can you, um, can you, can you courier it to us? And then you've got to get a courier involved and try and get them to come and pick it up. And then when you're boxing up rubs to send them out, you've got to rely on couriers to turn it to, to come to your house, to pick them up, to get them out. Um, and then just getting shakers. So barbecue spits and rotisseries supplies our shakers, um, which is, you know, they're, they're great. They've got a, a whole bunch of them and, you know, they, they supply Steve West from moist um, barbecue for uh, slow burner barbecue as well. Mm-hmm. But, but when lockdown hit in the 5k radius, well, we couldn't get down there to pick them up. Oh, right. And yeah. Then it's like, well, we can ship them, but there there's like 140 in a, in a, in a pack and you go, oh, I need. Two, two, packs and like, well, delivery is going to be almost half the cost of, of the shakers
0: wow. it's based
1: on size, not on weight. So then you've got to go and get a permit done. You got to go and get that signed off. You either got to drive down there. Hope you don't get pulled over by any nasty, uh, you know, Mr. Policeman and, you know, hope it's all okay. And yeah, so it's just the coordination piece and, you know, um, when we were making the lamb rub, we couldn't find rosemary in Melbourne. At, um, we, we rang like seven or eight places and everyone was out of stock. Oh, really? Yep. yep. Why, then we found, why that well,
0: particular spice?
1: I don't know. Uh, every place we ran it's like, no, nah, it's coming in, in a week. It's coming in, in two weeks. It's coming in a week. So whether they all get it from the same place, I don't know, but we couldn't find it. We ended up finding a place in Brunswick that had it. I called them. They're like, yeah, how much do you know? So three kilos. They're like, yeah, just come down and get it but they're like the one in eight, uh, that, that had it. So.
0: Oh, that, that raises an interesting question about, uh, the percentages of spices and things in Australia that are actually imported.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of our stuff is, um, like a lot of the stuff is grown overseas and then high and then, you know, blended here. Um, so it's, uh, it's interesting. We use a few, a few spices that are, uh, I guess a little bit out there and a, a little bit more non, non-Australian that are, that are uh, you know, give us our unique flavour profile.
0: Well, that's those Japanese herbs and spices we are talking about before.
1: Oh, you know, I've actually got some, I'm curing some bacon at the moment, which has got some uh, yuzu Japanese gin infused. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be ready next weekend, which will be good.
0: Yeah, so good. Yeah. And so then what has then been the, the, uh, the advantages of lockdown?
1: You can launch a rub brand. You can basically do thing on that you want. Um, you don't have, to, well, not, don't have to go to work. You don't have to travel to work, so you save a couple of hours a day. Um, and and you, just, you you have a lot more time to yourself. So, you know, the, there's two ways to look at lockdown is you can sit there and sort of feel sorry for yourself and you, you can't go out and you can't do this and you can't do that, and we all have those days. Or you can look at it as an opportunity to say, you know, I wanted to get into catering. That didn't happen. What else can I do? How can I pivot? So, you know, that's um, that's one of my side hustles I've got on. I'm the CEO of a of a cybersecurity startup. Um, we're building out a product out there at the moment as well. So, um, you know, th- th- we're we're keeping busy in lockdown. We we uh, there's no nine to five in this house. That's for sure. So
0: no, no, no doubt at all. So yeah. that, that, uh, CEO job, is that your regular day job or is that something on, on top of your regular day job?
1: No, that's on top of my regular day job, so.
0: Wow. So you got like your, your regular full-time day job, you got your little, um, startup that, that, that you've started up of the cybersecurity, then you've got the rubs and then you've got lick and smoke, uh, lick of smoke,
1: uh, catering. Correct.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow. So you're like me, you just don't sleep.
1: No, well, you know, you get up at seven, you go to bed at <laughs> eleven, and you get a few hours sleep in between. So, um, yeah, no, it's um, you, you got to make the most of it. You know, you don't get the opportunity where you can spend more time with your with your family and also have more time at home. And you can look at that and say that's bad, or you can look and say that's good. How can I how can I get the most out of it? And that's what we've done. So,
0: yeah, so good, man, so good. Mm. So. Um, just just remind me again of the range. You said that there was a, a lamb and a beef and you got two coming.
1: Yeah, so we've got uh beef shakedown. That was our, our first one and we're we're really proud of that and happy how it's gone. Lamb lockdown's just gone out in the last two weeks. Um and then we've got um uh an all purpose that'll that'll come out shortly, maybe. We're still tweaking it. Uh and then uh not to cause too much contact, we're gonna have we're gonna launch a charcoal rub as well. <sighs> so yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, we tried to come up with a few different names and that was quite funny over a few drinks. And uh, I can we, imagine we, we have settled on a name, um, but uh, we will wait to announce that a little bit later. So
0: please tell me that you're calling it the original charcoal rub.
1: Uh, was, that was one of the <laughs> options. That, and then it was, it was like Hardcore Axe was another one. Um, you know, I spoke to Michael Trajewick about that. And he just had a bit of a laugh. So um, he's like, yeah, do it. Launch another one. The market's big enough. You know, everyone's out there. And that, and that's true, right? You know, you look at people and the barbecue teams that have got rubs out there. You know, you got smoky pastures like in 40 stores across the country. Um, you know, if you tried to count how many people had butcher's act rubs, you'd probably uh, you, you'd forget because uh, I reckon everyone's got one of their rubs in your, in your cupboard somewhere. Um, and god knows how many stores those guys are in there if they've really crushed it. Uh, and then you've got you know, um, slow burner barbecue, so Steve West from Moist, and you've got you know, Dan Greenwood, the old original tree bark that still kicks around out there as well. So, you know, there's um, there's plenty of room on the market. and. You know, Americans don't always do it better. I know they've they're the sort of the home alone slow, but do they make the best rubs in the world? Who knows, right? You know, you got to get out there, you got to have a crack. We might um, we're actually thinking about throwing one of our rubs into the American Royal Rub contest next year, just to see how it goes. Uh, That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't cost a lot to enter. You may as well throw it in there so you think it's good. See how it turns out. So
0: yeah. the the NBBQA awards are actually um closing in about. I think it's around the end of November too, so you might want to look in at um, – take a quick look at throwing a throwing a bottle in a satchel and sending it over to them as well.
1: Oh, do they do awards as well? I'm like yeah, yeah. I'll get some yeah. details. We'll, uh, we'll definitely have a crack and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, so. we, we can talk about that off mic, yeah, but they, um, they do all sorts of things for rubs and sauces and all that sort of stuff as well.
1: Okay, nice, nice. Thanks for the info. Yeah, yeah. Really
0: cool sort of stuff. So you mentioned that you're in – what was it, 14 stores now? Yes, yep. Where are they? Where, where can we get hold of these rubs?
1: Uh, so we're in uh, – you're going to put me on the spot. So we're in one one, <laughs> store, one store in the ACT. Uh, we're in a couple in Melbourne. So we're in at um, Meat in Place, Cha-Cha-Cha, uh, Lara Quality Meats, uh, Kelly's Meats, and then uh, Russ from Natural Smoke has got both our rubs, uh, Meet Your Needs, um, there's a couple of others there that I'm going to forget which I shouldn't I've got them on my laptop written down somewhere but um, yeah so um, yeah we're we're across the country and one up in Queensland uh, all things all things wooden smoke I think they're called so um, oh okay yeah and then uh, also available direct on the website dot au shop you can buy direct and we just have a sort of a flat fee for shipping so
0: yeah it's been good so that was lickofsmokebarbecue.com slash
1: no so dot com dot slash shop.
0: Yeah. Slash shop. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That was another so we we built an online e-commerce store just to uh, launch the rubs as well. So yeah, you know, got a bit of spare time.
0: <laughs> of course, of course. You know, you've got that you got that 15 minutes a night between half past eleven and quarter to twelve when you gotta get into bed. So, you know, yeah. why not squeeze <laughs> a new website in there? <laughs> So what are your plans and you, you you mentioned that you were looking at uh, the possibility of scaling up to a co-packer. Is that sort of happening sort of soonish or what, what sort of, what sort of Uh, timeline are, are, are you looking at there?
1: Yeah, that, that would, if we, if we go down the co path and we, we haven't really decided yet, it wouldn't be till next year, sort of January, we've found a co-packer, um, we've we exchanged a couple of emails, we've just got to get an NDA sorted out just to, you know, provide them some recipes to see what they'll cost it up at and what their minimum, minimum order quantity is um and, and then we'll take it from there but no no real decisions. we started this for a bit of fun um as as well as you know let's get some good rubs out there if it brings us some money in that helps pay to get us both teams to comps that, that that was kind of the purpose of it so
0: yeah yeah nice so yeah. what do you think would be um three pieces of advice that you give to people that are you know suddenly found themselves with a lot of time in this uh in this uncertain period and uh, are looking at at getting some of their projects up off the ground as well, what would be some advice that you have for them?
1: Uh, Disconnect your Netflix uh, so you don't get distracted. That's probably the first one. Like Netflix and chill is the worst thing you can do. Um, You know, there's so many good series out there. You can sit there and lose a whole night and don't do anything. Uh, Speak to your friends, speak to your family, understand make sure they understand what you're trying to do because you can kind of fall off the face of the earth and they don't hear from you from weeks at a time, uh, which is, which is not a great thing, but um, you know, speak to your friends, speak to your family. You may find someone has a similar passion that you can team up and do it. And that's what I found with Michael, which has been great. Um, and probably probably the third one is, you know, have a go. Uh, it doesn't cost much to launch an online store these days to, to sell a product. So, you know, you've got platforms like WooCommerce, Shopify, um a whole bunch of other ones that are out there these days that are fairly simple you don't need a hell of a lot of coding skills um and if you do there's always you know marketplaces where you can go and find that information so that'd be my my, you know first one get rid of netflix because it's the devil you're listening to the internationally awarded smoking hot confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd ben arnott
0: Alrighty, so that brings us now to segment three and that's the lesson part of the episode for the for the viewers and and the listeners and we're going to talk about comp chicken which is a particularly uh, strong category for you so I'm, I'm basically gonna turn the turn the studio over to you and let you sort of deliver to us about uh, about competition chicken.
1: Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Um, you know, comp chicken wasn't, we, we struggled with competition chicken for a long time. So when we, when we first started doing comps and we haven't done, you know, a lot of comps like some of the other teams, but uh, chicken was all, all, always our nemesis. And if you think about it, it's probably the quickest thing you can cook when, when it comes to, to low and slow barbecue. So, you know, we started out with sort of burnout cupcakes and, you know, we we'd finish, you know, lower than mid pack uh every time so um i know at, at q club when we uh when we did uh the masters of q we finished last in chicken i think meat stock we finished like in 30s or around those around that time and then you know we had a few chats to a couple of the teams in adelaide and and peers from Beard required he goes why don't you do pillows and on the call we all use cupcakes he's like yeah just try pillows so you know we we sort of tested with pillows and we set them in the trays and cook them and they'd skew and go all weird shape on us. we're like, Jesus, that's hard. And then we um, we went up to do meat stock in Sydney and Pierce was like, I'll oh, come up and I'll give you guys a hand if you one of our one of our team members couldn't be there. So he flew in from Adelaide and, you know, we're prepping the chicken and he's like, Oh, have you ta- have you uh, lifted up the little flap there and taken the tendons out and the the vein that runs through there? like, what are you talking about? He goes, Oh, let me show you. So, you know, he turns the chicken thigh over, we've got the bone in there. He picks up this little flap and he's like, there's these tendons that come out because if you don't take those out, they go a really weird shape on you. are like, Oh, okay. You know, we'll, we'll shig that nicely. It's like, Oh yeah. And there's a vein of like uh, a blood vein running through there on the other side. So you want to remove that as well and don't cut them, make sure you pull them out. So, um, and then Adrian, who uh, who's our scrapes our chicken skins uh, for every comp, which uh, you know, God bless him, he uh, he's like, oh, you know, the one thing I found about when we did cupcakes is they're really hard to eat. So, so looking at it from a judge's point of view goes because if your cupcakes are too high, and you've got to take one bite like a judge, like how do you put the cupcake in your mouth? Do you tend to side. Mm. How, how does that work? So then we sort of got some chicken, chicken thighs, and then started playing around, and then sort of actually having a look at the different muscles that are all attached. And our uh, our trim on our chicken is pretty vicious these days. So we trim basically so we get all the one texture um and and that was one of the the big things for us and you know people say you know do you brine do you not brine how long do you brine for um our our chicken you know I think the worst mistake we ever did with chicken was we brined skins by mistake uh which makes them basically like chewing gum (laughs) and not bite through so you know never brine your chicken skins would be a, a I think a key piece of advice and the other thing is our our chicken results went from being really bad and I think our last three comps we've gone second, third, and then third on countback. So, you know, kind of at the, the pointy end, which has been, you know, really good for us. Um and, and the one thing we moved to was we moved away from a commercial brine. So we made up our own brine. Um and we reduced our like we used to brine, you know, as soon as the window opened, it'd be like, brine the chicken, put it in there and leave it in there for like six, seven hours in the esky, and let it go. Um, our brine time now is a minute is an hour forty. Wow. That's all we brine our chickens. Our our brine's quite strong, uh, but we brine for an hour 40. Then it comes out, we lay them out, we shape them into the smoker, 40 minutes, sauce, sauce again, in they go. So I think, you know, when, when you talk about comp chicken, cupcakes never work for us and we think that's because they're just hard to bite and i'm sure people i know you know like the likes of boomer and those guys they've won with cupcakes before uh, but it never really worked for us Um, we find pillows were the way to go if your pillows aren't working out find those veins find those tendons get rid of them because they uh they will skew the shape of your chicken um and and try and get a consistent texture because you gotta remember you're like judges take one bite right so if you're biting into that piece of chicken and there's like one muscle with another muscle and one bit's nice and the other bit's crappy, you're going to get marked down. So, um, I know when we trim our chicken, we probably trim 50% of the weight off. Um, when, when we trim, so we trim right back just to have, like, if you think about a chicken thigh fillet, it's just the thigh, all the other muscles are all, they're all cut right, right off. So our chicken's not big and we can get six in a box pretty easy um and and we reduced our brine time and we we make up our own brine from scratch so we follow a recipe on that we we found a recipe online we tweaked it just to to make it suit ourselves and you know it's been onwards and upwards uh ever since then so uh you know apart from invitational when uh, we forgot to take the chicken out the uh the smoker so that was um not a good start to the cook and the rest of that cook went the same way. So I think we pulled the chicken off at like 208, um, before we'd sourced. So, uh, um, probably a little, a little bit too high on on that front, but, um, yeah. So, you know, competition chicken is, it can be really, really tasty. I know when we moved to the new brine, I actually, uh, I was doing a comp with, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Cameron and, uh, Michael from, um, Black pork down, so we went in as a three-team Robins Islands Marbles will call it. We went and did turf wars, and I uh, I used the new brine there and the um, you know the new trim on the chicken there, all for the first time, and we, we took out second place. Um, and Jimmy hates chicken, and he couldn't stop eating it. So I kind of figure we'd uh, we'd done something right there, which was good. So you know, don't be don't be afraid to experiment with your chicken. Don't be afraid to brine. Check your brine times uh, you know, frying too long will ruin your texture. It'll add a hell of a lot of moisture, but it will, it will, it will screw up your texture. Um, and yeah, it's just play around, understand the meats, understand the muscles that you're trimming off and what you're keeping because, um, they all play a part in, uh, in how you get good chicken at the end of the day. And we think our chicken's pretty, pretty good now. We just, uh, wish we could uh, go back to a comp and have another go at trying to get a first. So
0: yeah, right. Man, I've got so many questions from that. <laughs>
1: oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, first of all, when you were um, doing cupcakes, back when you were still doing cupcakes, you said that you were doing bone-out cupcakes. Why did you choose to take the bone out?
1: Because it fits in the mold easier. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so it was what it, we're finding is yeah, to get it into the mold, uh, we'd have to cut, like, both knuckles off. And then they can have a tendency to char or to bleed, and then that bleeds into the chicken. So we used to go boneless. Um, so that was the reason that we went boneless from a, a cupcake point of view. We were, and then, you know, when we went back to pillows, we also found that you could leave more of the bone in, and it's an easier piece of protein to hold when you want to take that bite and pick it up out of the box.
0: Oh, okay, so you do still leave the bones in for your for your pillows? Yeah, pillow 100% bone in. Ah, oh, right, hundred percent bone in, cool. Um, you said that you that you trim for texture. So, how how do you work out which which muscles have the same texture as the other muscles?
1: Well, if you just take a thigh fillet, cook it, don't sauce it, don't sauce it, don't sorry, don't rub, don't hit it with any rubs, don't sauce it, just cook it, and then you can actually look and just bite each piece of the bits business, business you get and you'll actually see there's actual. Texture differences in in the um in it if you take an untrimmed thigh fillet. So next time you're at a comp bend swing swing past, I'll show you the trim on our chicken before we uh before we put it into brine and you can see uh, how much we've uh, how much we take off and what we leave on.
0: Oh mate, I'll be in that for sure, no doubt about that. Now, talking about of the uh, talking about the brining, you said that the if you brine it too long, it not only messes up the chicken skin. So obviously you separate the skins before you brine the meat. Yep. But it also messes up the meat as well. What does it do to the meat? Does it just turn it to mush?
1: Well, it can turn it to mush, or you can just get too much too much moisture in it. So when you're cooking it, it's just it's it's too wet, um, which makes it sort of mushy and soggy. Um, so we've found, you know, we've done long brine times. We've done short brine. We find a short brine with a stronger concentrate works better for us.
0: Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Yep, Yep. Um, all righty. Well, I guess that kind of rounds things out then for us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw the studio over to you now and you can give, uh, whatever shout outs, thank yous, praises, whatever you want to give to people that have helped you along the way. And we'll, uh, we'll start to uh, round out the episode.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Ben. Uh, you know, first shout out goes to the, uh, the team at liquor smoke. Couldn't do it without those guys. They're amazing. They're always up for a comp, no matter where it is around the country. Uh, you know, next one's to, to Michael uh, from smoke and crew. Um, obviously we couldn't, uh, I couldn't have launched the rubs without him and he probably couldn't have launched rubs without me. So that's been great. Also to uh, everyone out there, that I was happy enough to be a Guinea pig and test our rubs. So uh, forest lot barbecue, Texas coleslaw massacre, uh the most, the guys uh, at moist barbecue um alessio who's a phenomenal cook if you see some of his posts he um he gave us some great feedback as well um yeah so everyone that, that helped there and obviously to our sponsors so shout out big shout out to uh to firebrand and looking forward to being able to get up to Sydney and see Bobby and the team at Firebrand they've been amazing supporters of us from from day one. Uh, Russ from Natural Smoke, uh, best wood in the business. If you need something, uh, hit him up. He's got an, an unbelievable range of uh, of wood out there. And our butcher, KCB, they supply us some of the best meat going around. So, um, yeah, just want to thank everyone that's been involved and it's been a hell of a ride and hopefully... You know, we'll get to see everyone in 2021 at comps, and and uh, I think the first comp back, the Friday night, will be a pretty momentous occasion. That's for sure.
0: I dare say that first comp is just going to be a complete write-off for everybody.
1: Yeah, I'd say the winner of that comp probably got there on the Saturday. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine what uh, what's going to be in those hand-in boxes for the judges. I wouldn't want to be a judge at that first comp.
1: No, no. God knows what'll be there. So it uh, will <laughs> be good, good fun. So
0: yeah yeah well look thank you very much for your time it's a it's a sunday evening now as we're recording this so i realize that you're sort of you're coming up on your on on your sunday family dinner time and you are an hour ahead of me so it's now what half past four where you are oh this is the time you said you got to go pull that lamb off
1: i'm just going to shut it down on the phone mate it's all good i'll just flick it into uh to keep warm so all all good
0: uh the the benefits of the wi-fi traeger
1: Exactly. Exactly. So,
0: so good. So good. Well, look, man, thank you very much for coming on board the show and sharing the story of, um, starting up a, a, uh, a rub business during lockdown.
1: Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you having us.
0: And there you have it family. That was David Linton from Lick of Smoke Barbecue and Smoke Chamber Barbecue, Mate, how interesting is that to hear that story about how you can take a really bad uh situation like like lockdown and turn it around into something good and and, and something beneficial for you uh, I, I think that's really inspiring for anybody out there who does have an idea in the in the back of their mind somewhere about something that they want to do during this time to uh to, to really get amongst it and and get their names out there and there was a lot of tips and some some great info as well if you are looking at doing something similar so that was uh that was really great to have David come into the confessional and and speak with us. And I'm really appreciative of the time that he has spent with us this afternoon. All right, so before we go, just a quick reminder, big thank you to our podcast partner, Jagged Woodfired. They've come on board to, uh, to help us bring this episode to you. So do check out their website, jaggedwoodfired.com.au. If you are looking for any kind of really well-built, um, Australian-made and manufactured uh, barbecues, smokers, grills, the asado grill they've got right now is mint, I just got to say. So do jump over to jaggedwoodfired.com.au. Check that out. It's really cool stuff. Uh, the free mini ebook, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue, is still available for you on the Smoking Hot Confessions website. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com, have a bit of a scroll around, a pop-up window will appear. Put your details into that and we'll shoot that little uh, mini ebook straight out to you. And do come join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community on Facebook. It's super friendly, super welcoming, and all the BS gets left at the door. We just hang out and talk about barbecue and have a good time. It's really cool. So that is all the time that we do have for today. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing.
1: Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions.